This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. This is Pastor Callie Hargraves with Warrior Watch here on this beautiful Wednesday morning, September 21st. We're so excited that you've tuned in to be with us. We're thankful for all the Lord is doing uh, with BPN Radio. We believe God has raised this network up and raised Dale and Gene Gentry up to literally inspire millions of people to pray and to begin to believe God for the greatest awakening that we've we've ever seen. I see it happening all around. I believe that revival has already started in America and across the world, and I'm so excited to be a part of it. Today, I have some a very dear friend of mine by the name of John Artzer. He's a missionary, man of God, an evangelist, um, goes in and out of Mexico and is doing a, an amazing work for the Lord. And he's here to talk with us today about how every one of our gifts matter and you matter and what God's called you to do really does matter. And so I, I've known uh, John for a long time. He is such an amazing young man, an amazing heart for God, always been so on fire for the Lord. I've never seen him waver in his love and in his dedication for the, for, for the Lord. And he just brings joy and he has an amazing preaching gift. So if you happen to be a pastor and you're listening, uh, he would be an amazing man to have to come in to preach a uh, very prophetic really um, amazing understanding of the word. And I just love you, John. We're so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Listen, we're going to talk about every gift matters. And I really want you to, to share your heart about how to begin to activate the activation of our gifts. And right. can, can we just talk about that subject and really encourage the people that are listening that they matter, their gift matters, and God's called them to something specific? Amen. Um, I just want to say, you know, Kelly, I've listened to your show, Warrior Watch, and I love it. Thank you. I believe, it's a, I believe it's effective and it makes a difference. You know, you just never know who's listening on the other end. Yes, but, yes. Uh, you know, sometimes because I do missions, you know, and I'll go to Juarez or Mexico City or Columbia, and, you know, you tell people what about what you do, because they are not a preacher or they don't do missions, they don't feel as valuable. Yeah. But, you know, if you look at the parable of the talents, it was the one with the one, you know, Jesus noticed the one, you know, and every gift matters. And we want to talk about activation because, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. I was ministering at a church one time, Callie, and, you you know, you preach and you've done this. You get in the flow sometimes. And you talk about different things, you know, and sometimes, you, you know, you're on a topic and then God will give you a thought and you'll say that thought. And, you know, to you it doesn't matter, but it matters to the person 10 rows back. Right. And uh, right. so I just talked about how God forgives us from abortion and the shame and the guilt. And there was a lady that came up to me afterwards and she was crying, weeping. And she said, you know, I've had an abortion, uh, and I've always wanted to work in children's church. And so I talked to her about the forgiveness of God and how, you know, he, he breaks it. But she could have sat there the rest of her life 
and, you know, go to heaven, but not be activated. Right. See, God wants to activate every gift in us, because every gift does matter. What would the body of Christ look like if everybody was using what God gave them? Oh, it, it would you know, chi- we'd change the world. But I mean, we would have more than enough in this area. We, we, you know, it would. We would change the world, because what we have is people that sit. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's from shame or guilt like she had. And so we broke it. We prayed. And now she can hold the baby and God can take that pain and actually use it. So she would even be be more precious to her. Right. Right. So so how do we get activated? How are those things activated? Because before you get activated, you got to realize God has put something valuable in you. Right. And so, you know, the 10 and the 5 and the 1, it was the one that hit it. You know, God doesn't notice it. I, I can just bury it. It's And people will say, I'm just a, and you've heard it, you know, I'm just a housewife, or I'm just a businessman, or I'm just a, and it's just a. But there's no just in the kingdom of God. That's exactly you know? right. And, That's exactly you know? right. And, and, you know, Kelly, you know, when I go to, because uh, God wants to activate a generation. He wants to activate men, women, children. You know, when I go to war as an, and not every pastor has done that, but generationally and traditionally, women have been uh, less than men, you know, in Latin America. It's not everybody's thoughts, but it has been. So I'm going in there, and, you know, I do these services called Impacto, where we're speaking to the youth, and I'll have women pastors come up and they'll pray with me specifically, because I want the young girls that are 15, 16, 14, 17, you don't need to get married at 19 or 16 and have a baby. That's not your lot in life. God has a plan for you. You know, and you got to break that cycle. But that's right. no different than the women here. That's just, I'm just a housewife or I'm just uh, a pastor's wife or I'm just, uh, it's like, God, what have you placed in me? And so one of the things to avoid that is comparison. Because, you know, I, I minister, I preach, but sometimes I hear people go through these experiences and stuff. You feel like, man, you know, they had this experience or, you know, this level, or they've seen these 20 angels. And you, you, know, you feel like, you know, if you don't have that, then you're not special. Right, right. You feel less but, than if you haven't had something that seems so grandiose that someone else has experienced. Right. And you go, well, I need to get that to get here. But the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And so we have him and we carry him. I mean, I just was at, you know, a coffee shop this morning ministering to a a, a woman. She just saw that I was reading the Bible from, you know, and I started just talking to her. You can tell her, 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 you know, her eyes welled up in tears because I was speaking to her spirit. Yes. Because there's things that are that are buried. You know, God told Jer- Jeremiah, I've called you a prophet from the nations. He didn't just come up with a plan when you give your life to Christ. It's the plan that has been since the foundation of the world. Jesus said many are called, but few are chosen. You know, at the end of the day, you sometimes just say you miss calls. You know, miss calls, miss yes. calls. Yes. I'd say billions, billions of people at the end of their life will have missed calls, God. Wow. Many That's are scary. called, but few pick up the phone. You answer, you know, and it's, and there, it's more than just Sunday. And there's a lot of reasons for that, John. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Like you said, it can be guilt or shame. It can mm-hmm. be a mindset that you grew up with, a, a right. limitation you grew up with. Um, right. It can be laziness. <laughs> it can <laughs> yeah. be it can be selfishness. It yes. can be I want my plan. And mm-hmm. sometimes we get a preconceived idea of what we think God wants us to do. And then if God right. wants to, I, I had a, a lady on the show, uh, actually she was with me last week, and she had an amazing story. She uh, grew up in an assembly God home, always felt like she'd marry a pastor. She married her husband really young. Well, he didn't turn out to be a pastor. He ended up being uh-huh. a construction worker and an amazing uh-huh. man of God, but he didn't turn out to be a pastor. And she finds herself in the middle of... Oak, a prairie of Oklahoma with two small uh-huh. kids 
feeling like she didn't, she missed God. And right. But you know what? Instead of uh, filing for divorce and going and trying to figure out her life, she realized she loved her husband, that she was going to just find, she was going to just do what God told her to do right then. Now she's got a blog that's touching hundreds of thousands of women. She just wrote right. her second book because she realized that just because her little preconceived idea of how her life was supposed to look in the way of serving God. And then she opened her heart up to what God had for her. She accepted that maybe her path would be a little different. And the the door flung wide open to huge wow. ministry. So wow. you're, you're so right. We, we, we not only need to allow Jesus to heal us of any pain, shame, our, our preconceived idea of what we think our life right. should look like. And we need to let, I've had times in my life, John, where I was mad at God uh-huh. because I thought my life was supposed to go a certain way because I interpreted a prophetic word wrong. Right. <laughs> or, right. I, or I interpreted the way I heard God say something to me wrong. And then right. I, I missed I missed doors of opportunity because I was had I was locked into some mindset that was unhealthy. But right. really it's about just daily submission to the Holy Spirit, being so open to his plan and his way and and enjoying the journey. And realizing we're impacting people one person at a time. That's right. And uh, I love this. I love this word called activation because I am with you. I believe that we as teachers and ministers of the gospel, if we will not only allow God to activate everything that he's called us to do in whatever realm he's called us to do it, whether we're teaching one, five, ten, or thousands, and then we will begin to reproduce ourselves and teach people as they come into the church. You don't have to serve God ten years to be effective and to be activated. Right, right. Then what we'll have is the momentum of the body of Christ will be turned into literally a tsunami of revival. I mean, I love that story about that lady, because what happens is you have some people feel sorry for themselves, you know, or they'll, they'll be down. And what's amazing is if we wait, because I know you're a minister. I mean, how many days do you feel special or do you feel, you know, <laughs> it's mostly normal, right? Yeah, right? It's like, I mean, 20 minutes after you're done preaching, you know, it's back to job. I feel special five minutes out of a 30 day week. <laughs> I mean, I feel special when I'm sleeping. That's about it. And then when you wake up, <laughs> yeah, I tell people, they, John, do you fast? I go, I fast. When I go to bed and I wake up, this is my fast. No, I'm just <laughs> but you don't feel, you know, if you read the biographies and autobiographies of Reinhard Bonnke and Wesley and, you know, the great missionaries and pastors, a lot of times they went, through, look at David. David was anointed king. Yes. And then he went through hell. Yes. I mean, David, do you feel special? But that's where the Psalms came out of. You know, I, I love the story of the woman at the well because she was basically an outcast. You know, you know, five husbands, the man she's living with is not her husband. And, you know, nowadays it'd be a reality show. But back then, the shame and the guilt, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> the shame and the guilt. But see, the, we need to talk to Jesus. It's not enough to do a CD series. It's not, it's not enough to do Sundays and mornings. But when we talk to Jesus... In one conversation, she went from an outcast to an evangelist. Wow. Wow. It's you know, the truth. In, in, one he can, conversation, he can, in one conversation, he can change our whole perspective. 
That's right. And she went from an outcast to an ant because she was talking to Jesus. Wow. She wasn't talking to the disciples. Right. You know, Jesus, Jesus jumped to her, uh, lots of hurdles. You know, men really didn't talk to women. Jews didn't deal with Samaritans. And she brought those up, but that didn't stop Jesus. And so he knows about our past because he really does change everything. In one conversation, then she went back to the people that she was ashamed to bring around, and she said, come here, a man that's told me everything I've ever done. Yes, yes. You know, could this be the Messiah? She went from an evangelist from an outcast to an evangelist in one conversation, not a CD series, not a convention, not a church service, because she was talking to Jesus. When we talk to him, he'll reveal himself to us, and then he'll reveal us to us. Yes. Because because he said Moses. Moses was a deliverer. He said, Moses, Moses. He pulled aside from his daily routine and said, I'm the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I'm going to deliver my people, therefore go. So he just revealed himself. So, you know, like when I minister, the Bible says, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So there, it's the work of the ministry to equip them to do the work of the ministry. And I'm very careful, you know, about giving testimonies on missions, because people think if I don't do missions, if I'm not a pastor, if I'm, and we still have that mentality, then I'm not as special, I'm not as called, but every gift, every gift matters. And I know where you go, Callie, that's one thing you do. You stir people up to what God's called them to do. Yeah, and you know what? Every gift does matter. I can remember years, you know, uh, I come out of classic Pentecostalism, and and I had four babies. And uh-huh. my ministry was uh, helping my pastor raise money to pay for the church, which was selling peanut brittle on the street corner. And uh-huh. um, prayer ministry at the church, we went to pray. And I taught Sunday school. But the lion's share of what I did for God was when my husband was at the chemical plants working the night shift, I'd put the Uh babies to bed, and I'd spend hours, literal hours, and I I wish I could say I do that now, but I don't. You know, I I pray every day, but I can't Uh say that I'm spending hours on my knees. But in my early days, years in my early days, I would pray three to four hours a night when my husband was working, and I felt so insignificant I felt so forgotten. I felt lost in a sense, unless I was in my prayer time, okay? But I can tell you right now, it was those days that opened the door for what we do today. Right, right. You know, it's so true. You know, when I went to Mexico in the first meeting of Impacto, I grabbed the youth. The first thing I did was honor those that were before us, all the pastors that worked and didn't see any fruit all the people that prayed, all the, the tears that went in the ground, the blood that was shed, all, God doesn't forget any of that. No, he doesn't. You know, you know, when I'm praying for people, my interpreter says they're an intercessor. I always say, will you pray for me, you know, after I leave? Because <laughs> that's what makes a difference. I'll, I'll take one intercessor over 100 preachers. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I, and activation, we want to be activated, but the thing is the key to our activation the key to our activation is, like you said, talking to God. It's, it's right. that intimacy with the Lord on a daily basis that literally sets things in order. It's like going to my, day, my daily time with Jesus is, is like going to the chiropractor. <laughs> I can feel my spiritual bones pop and align right. and things that are That's out good. of whack get all straightened mm-hmm. out. And part of being brave enough 
to step in to what God's called you to do is to spend time with Jesus so that you begin to see yourself like he has called you to be, like he already sees you. So I, I love right. this. I love this. I, I want to touch on, and I want you to go right back to it. Everyone has something to offer the body of Christ. Can you kind of drill down on that a little bit? Yeah, you know, because, you know, like you do it, Callie, when you know you're preaching, you're looking over the audience, you have just a wide background. And I think some of it is, so, like the newer people, people they're waiting to get to a certain level. Right. Okay, when I get better or I don't have this issue. But what I found is when we start serving or start, and I'm not saying, that, you know, someone just gets saved and they grab a microphone. I'm not saying that. I mean, I drove a motorhome for years before I was preaching. Right. I didn't preach till I came to the Epicenter Church in Sugarland, where I'm, you know, I'm, I, Pastor Lena just heard me pray one time and go, you're a preacher. I did tape tables back in those tapes. Set up, you know, I was just serving. You were serving. And what happened is, yeah, and I wasn't perfect. If I waited to get be perfect, I wouldn't be doing anything today. No. And so what happens is, if you, but what I found is, even when you have issues, you know that game Capture the Flag? Yes. There's two flags yes. and your offensive and defense. So many Christians are protecting their flag, right. their life. And what happens is they never go on the offensive for the kingdom of God. And they're waiting for the perfect team, the perfect defense, and it never happens, Callie. People no. wait to, to the to the grave, and you know the the biggest storehouse of unused gifts and talents is the graveyard. <laughs> There's songs songs that were never sung, churches that were never started, sermons that were never preached, orphans that were never loved, money that was never given yes. because it was always tomorrow and it was always someone else. Yes, um, and and Jesus looked at the one and said, "Why did you bury it?" I mean, you would think in the natural, you have the five went to ten. You know, the five went to ten, and the two went to, and then the one talent. Oh, I'm just gonna. But God notices everything that's buried, and He wants to bring it about. So you have people like in the church or in the world, or this woman I was talking to the coffee shop today. It's like, okay, it's not about me preaching a good sermon, or oh, that was a good message, or that. No, it's people walking away, going, okay, they're equipped more, they love God more, God, and they they hear His voice clearer, so they can do what they're called to do because it's all, you know, it's like. A, uh, takes five fingers, you know, to, to, on the hand to grab, and there's a reason for that. And so I think so much of the body of Christ is missing because, you know, as a pastor, you have the same people doing more than they should because you have a lot of people not doing anything. Some of, like you say, is laziness or because they don't feel they're called. But so everybody has to, God has placed something valuable in me, and we've got to get off comparison. Yes. Because if I'm looking at someone else, I'll never be this person or that person. or I'm the, But I'm not supposed to be. And while you're trying to be someone else, who's going to be you? Yeah, that's exactly like that. right. There's only, one like that. There's only one unique you. And you know what? There is a revival in the secular and in the church. Right. There's right. a re- there's a revival. Hear me out here for authentic mm-hmm. people and ministries. Right. People are drawn to authentic, even in the world. Right. You let. That's why right. a lot of re- reality TV show. And we know that that a lot of reality TV show is staged. But the concept <laughs> of reality TV is you're getting just the authentic what happens. Okay. It's not right. planned or pre-staged. People are hungry to know you in an authentic way. Right. And so whether you serve God or you don't, you'll find that people are we're in a we're in a society that is so sick of false, fake, um, you know, made up, that uh, plastic, 
we're in a we're, we're in a we're in a world of plastic. People go get plastic right. surgery. They live plastic <laughs> lives. You get you get right. their highlight reel on social media, and everything looks good. And then you find out five days later they committed suicide. What happened to the right. highlight reel? Well, I mean, <laughs> I thought everything was great. The bottom line is right. we're in a society where people are looking for authentic, and Jesus right. is the author and finisher of authentic. And he is the author and finisher of helping us be our authentic best self, not our authentic sinful self, our authentic (laughs) best self. Some people take real and authentic as being sinful, and I'm just going to do what I want to do because I'm authentic. No, you're an idiot. But we want God wants us to be our authentic, our authentic best self. In Christ, and people are drawn to authentic. They're drawn to truth. They're drawn to to leaders that are willing to speak. Yes, I had a real problem with that. Yes, it nearly took me down, but Jesus. Yes, right. I, I was fearful, but Jesus. And right. so, you know, if we begin to activate people to find their calling and not worry about being perfect, because you will never yeah. be perfect. You know, it's like, it's like the lady that makes the baskets for the, for the preachers. The preacher, uh-huh. we invite a preacher in here, and he'll talk more about the basket than he will wow. the, the three hours I took him to lunch. Wow. Because they love that basket that has all their special <laughs> stuff in it. Our, our, the, the new visitor that comes will talk 15 minutes about the lady that picked up the phone and welcomed them to the church, mm-hmm. you know. So you're so right. We cannot wait until we're perfect because if we wait till we're perfect, none of us will do anything and the kingdom of God will not be furthered. I, I, uh, in the countries where I go, you have a lot of mothers that come up and they want their children prayed for. They have a son that's in jail or is in trouble, you know, or they're just their family because you see those mothers that have put their family first. But so many times, you know, I'll pray for them, but I always I pray for what they ask for and I pray for them last because, you know, the mom that is worried about her son and as she's doing the prayer walk, she can be praying for her neighbors. And something happens when you sow into the kingdom before your life is perfect. Wow. You know, like people like, oh, five million dollars, I'll give the church a hundred thousand. That's that's not as sacrificial as if you're only making a thousand dollars and God's telling you to give 300. See what happens is the sacrificial when you don't have it, like Hannah, Hannah gave her son before she had any kids. She goes, you give me a son. I'm going to give him back to you. God, before she she was barren. Yeah. And so she gave Samuel and then she had other five kids, but their names aren't mentioned. Why? Because, they were, you know, they were beneficial to her, but not the kingdom. And we said, okay, God, my life's not perfect. You know, my kids or my husband, but I'm going to just pray, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to sow into what you, and not just making stuff up, you know, but you do what God's called you to do. And sometimes it's so, it's so little things, you know, before you preach your sermon, it's just talking to him. Yes. But yes. I mean, you're seeing, you're seeing it wherever you go, you've seen it in church and you've seen it through experience, Callie, that it's like, you know, I took a train, I took a Euro rail from Spain to France when I went to Europe in the 90s and I was asleep. Now I was still going there but I was asleep. There's a lot of people going to heaven but they're not activated. They're spiritually, they're asleep. Their gifts are asleep and I go to church on Sunday or, you know, Wednesday night so that's how, you know, that's good enough. My kids are in children's church, that's good enough. But really they don't understand the times and the season this nation is in, you know, this world is in because two kingdoms are on a collision course and we're going to have great revival at the time of great, you know, chaos. 
and we need people to go, hey, I'm going to I'm going to put in my one. Yeah, you're exactly right, John. We need the body of Christ to wake up and not be asleep and and literally lock into the piece of the puzzle that only they're called to occupy. And, uh, you know, the kingdom of God is like this big puzzle. And and I have a part to play in that. And you have a part to play. And everyone that, that serves God has a part to play. But we don't want to be the missing piece. We don't want to be the one that Jesus has to pass over and go find someone else to do it because I was asleep or too busy or too selfish or too afraid. But we want God to heal us, open the door, activate us, make us brave, help us to step in and face what God has called us to do and, you know, step into that promised land. I'm excited about what God's doing, and I believe that God is activating the body of Christ. I believe he's activating, and I feel the activation even on a deeper level in my own heart. And I think it's because of the times we live in. I think God is getting us ready for for the next big move of the Lord, even though I believe God's moving already and we're seeing uh, revival breakout in places all across the world. I believe we're we're headed for the next big awakening like we've never seen before. We're going to break here for a few minutes, and we're going to have a song by Laura Daigle. Hope you really enjoy this. We're going to come back and and go right back into this with uh, John Archer. I love John, and I'm so excited to have him here today. We'll see you in a few minutes. I can never close you'll never let me go i'm safe forever in your arms your promises i cannot break and i know you will never change your love is your love is your love is
Welcome back to Warrior Watch. I've been so excited about uh, my whole show today with uh, John Archer. What a mighty man of God. We've been talking about every gift matters and how important you are to the body of Christ and how important it is to allow Holy Spirit to activate your gifts. And uh, John, will you talk about um, some of the reasons why we hold back and how to overcome the reasons that we hold back? I, 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 for me, I mean, I'll just give a personal example and then we can go because everybody's a little different. But I remember when I first came to the Epicenter County and I was, you know, I'd, I'd been around the prophetic and different people and I'm sitting in there. It was a prayer meeting and I hear them praying, you know, and I'm like, man, these, these people are out of my league. Just the power. And, so, and I felt so like I didn't belong. Wow. So I'm looking out, I'm looking out in the foyer, everybody's praying, I'm looking out the glass and I'm like, man, they're just out of my league. And God gives me a prophetic word for one of the young men. It's something I didn't really flow into before. So now I had a choice. Do I give it and possibly be wrong? You know, do I make a mistake? And it's not just him and I, it's, it was a, it was a lot of people for prayer, you know, 10, 15, 20, that, you know, generals in the faith, people that, you know, they, they were young, but they were powerful. So I give them the word. I begin weeping. I just feel the power of God. And it was God's way of basically saying, when you step out, you're not stepping out alone. Wow. And, what, and you know, Callie, it's like you mentioned the blogger. We've limited it so much. We have, you know, like if you're not a preacher, if you don't go to Mexico like John, or you don't do Warrior Watch like Callie, then there's like two more things you can do. You know, you can, <laughs> you can work in the, <laughs> and you can work in the nurse. You know, in the old days it was, and it's changing now. And I'm so glad it used right. to be, give me money and I'll do the ministry. Right. Right. You go make money and I'll do the ministry, but right. making money and giving money is ministry. Right. See, absolutely. And, and, that, and that is ministry. That, that's great that you have a nice house and you have two cars and 3.2 kids. I never know how they figured that out. You know, 2.2 <laughs> kids. <laughs> I don't know who has point. So they average that out. But what's different about you between the non-believer who has that? Right. The only thing that's different is your car moves on Sunday morning or Saturday night. There's got to be something more. So, okay, so we go to God. We talk about we go to God. And you have something to give. You have to establish that, that I have something to give. If you don't, then you're not going to ask. Ask, seek, and knock. God, what is it that you've called me to do? I'm going to seek you because you, he enables us. See, grace is power. We used to think grace is just to be able to withstand, you know, troubles. But grace is power. You know, I preach by grace. Callie, you preach by grace. Right. Yes, right. we study, we study, but it's the grace of God. It empowers us to do it. Yes. Just like this radio program you're so anointed for. He's given you grace for it, or the blogger, or even raising kids. Yes. So you have, let's say, let's say a woman has three kids, and, you know, you're really just a steward over those kids. And God has a plan for their lives. So it's not giving them a plan. It's asking God, what is the plan? And you raising those. Look at Wesley, the Wesley brothers. They would never be what they were would be without their mama. No, that's exactly right. That, it, that's it's exactly their mama. Right. You know, their mama is the one that encouraged them and, and supported them. And, you know, and it, the men need to st- I go in prisons. You, you see a fatherless generation. Of, and you see that gap. You know, so everybody has a different obstacle. For me, for the longest time, I was afraid to make a mistake. Right. I didn't. Right. Want, I didn't want to preach, Cali, because I was afraid to make a mistake. You know, and and I would, if you're afraid to make a mistake, you won't do much. That's exactly right. Because here's the good news: you're going to make mistakes. 
You're going to make mistakes. Right. And but Jesus is sure he is he is big enough to cover your mistakes and you're mm-hmm. going to learn from your mistakes. And so if you just kind of get that out of the way, then you can go forward, you know? And and, he, and he's already in the future. He told Peter, "Okay, you're going to deny me three times. But when you return, strengthen the brethren." Right. And Peter was just stuck on the present. Uh, I'm not going to deny you. No, Jesus says, you're going to deny me. I already know what's going to happen. But when you return, Peter, strengthen the brethren. Now, who Peter denied Jesus three times. Who preached the first sermon of the of the new gospel, the new testament, of Pe- the new covenant? Peter. It was Peter. Yes. And he, and over but the Bible says over three thousand got saved. So every for every one denial, a thousand came into the kingdom. Yeah, you're talking about the ultimate comeback kid. He was that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, I love John, but John didn't preach. James didn't preach. It was Peter because God was setting an example. He says, No, Peter, when you return, and so many times we're stuck on the denials. Yeah. We're stuck on, we went to the bar, we were stuck on the affair, we're stuck on those things, Callie. And it's like, okay, I can I can give my half talent, I can give my quarter talent. It's like the woman that came to me that didn't feel worthy to work with children because she had an abortion. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the blood, the blood of Jesus just doesn't cover, it washes away, he doesn't see it. And that's a hard thing to grasp, but if you grasp it, it'll change your life. Let me, you you let know, know, one of the things that Holy Spirit I actually preached on it Sunday, and I believe this is part about, you know, being activated. There's one thing to be activated, and then there's you, you go through activations in your whole walk with God. You'll get activated right. from one level to the next. Right. You get activated into the next door that God's calling you into. The other day, uh, John, I was I was I do these two mile walks, and uh-huh. I got up one morning and I started walking, and I did it, do it outside because you know I just like the scenery and I go to the gym, but I I try to do it outside as much as I can. So I was outside, it was early morning and I had barely gotten into my walk and it started a downpour, a complete downpour. So my, my natural inclination, what I always do is run in the house, grab my keys and run to the gym. And so I turned to run in the house and I heard the Holy Spirit say, face the rain. And I'm like, okay, what are you trying to teach me? I don't want to get wet. He goes, I want you to face the rain. And I mean, it was lightning and thundering. And I said, Lord, it's lightning and thundering. He goes, I'll take care of you. I want you to face the storm. So I walked as fast as I could in a pouring down rain. And on the fourth lap coming around the block, the rain stopped. And literally the sunshine, it looked like a picture in a picture book. And I Mm. broke through to a whole nother level of it was I mean the rain stopped and the sun was out and the Lord said to me you'll never step in to your next season without facing the storm you got to face your Goliath and I realized whoa he said my people don't want to face their Goliath they don't they they want victory they want to overcome but they don't want to step into the promised land they're screaming about the giants they're screaming about the storm our nature is to run and hide and come up with excuses why we can't do things and what happens is because we won't allow God to activate us he's going to take care of us he's he's we're going to rest in his power and his anointing but we still have to step out right I love what you said earlier, Callie. You said, you know, if it didn't work out the way we planned, you know, they put their hope in Moses. You know, Joshua thought Moses was going to take him in the promised land. And God made all these promises. And then one day God came to Joshua and he says, Moses, my servant is dead. Wow. 
basically everything you relied on, Joshua, is, gone. is dead. Yeah. Everything you thought was going to take you to the promised land is dead. It's gone. Uh, your whole past has changed. Now it's dead. Well, now what? But you know what? God, he didn't stop there. Same conversation, same sentence. He says, therefore arise. <laughs> because he said, Moses, my servant. Joshua, he wasn't your servant. He was my servant. Yes. And the plan all along, the plan all along was for you to take him in. He said, therefore arise. He didn't say, therefore weep. Therefore, stick your head in the sand. Therefore, look back. The, the voice of the past is louder than even the present, and it shouts sometimes. You messed up. You're a loser. This is your third marriage. Your kids don't want you. It's just you messed up. You should. You could have been a better mother. You could have been a better father. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise. Let it go and forget it. And, and you know, I just preached recently on this, and I just was remembering this. You know, and Moses didn't enter the promised land, but who was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration? Jesus, Elijah, and Moses. Yes. See, Moses did enter in with Jesus. So whatever thing that you think disqualifies you with Jesus, you can enter in. And the, so I say the past. And you brought it up, Kelly. It didn't work out like they thought, but they did enter in. Yes, yes. And Joshua goes, we're going in. He goes, spy out the land. He said, especially Jericho. Let's do that one first. Like you say, facing your giants. Because when Jericho falls, when the giant falls, then his little buddies are easier. <laughs> <laughs> they they scatter like rats, Kelly. That's exactly I was afraid. That. You know, I'm going into Juarez, and we're doing these things called impacto. And I believe God's focused on Juarez. He wants to do a revival. He wants to pour his spirit out. Why? So when other cities look at Juarez and go, God can do it there, he can do it here. I mean, you know, because so, so, so many people, God is just a word. He's not real. He doesn't change things. He's just a word. And so, man, if God can do it in wars, he can do it in this city, in Mexico, or this city, in Colombia, this city. You know, because he's not—Jesus he, said, go make disciples of all nations. He didn't say safe nations. He didn't say white nations. He didn't say good nations. Yeah. He, he, he's not afraid of anything. He'll go in the cemetery with the demoniac. Jesus isn't afraid of anything. When we do what he says we can do, he empowers us to do it. And that's from writing a blog. There's people that influence way more people than I do just simply from writing a blog. Right, right. I mean, it's just, just throw your talents in and let God work it out. Yeah, You're not responsible it's just do for the results. What, do what the Holy Spirit has told you to do. Amen. Don't be afraid. Don't let your past affect you. Well, you think about Sodom and Gomorrah, and you think about Lot and his wife. You know what she did that disqualified her from her future? Yeah. She yeah. did one thing. She That's looked right. back. That's right. <laughs> You think about it. You think about all the terrible things that were committed. You think about David. I mean, I love David. He's my favorite character in the Bible. But you think about all the crazy things he did. I mean, he did some crazy things. All this chick did was glance back. (laughs) So (laughs) there's a principle there. We got to quit looking back. We got to look forward. Jesus is a forward-thinking God. The only thing we're supposed to look back for is remember his goodness. That's what we're supposed to look back. We're supposed to look back and remember his goodness. But all the other stuff, we're supposed to forget because we're called to go forward. I want to ask you a quick question because it just hit Mm -hmm. me in in the the whole, I just felt it in the spirit of God. How many people are there in Juarez? There's, well, it depends on Houston. If you do the whole, you have the city, and then you have the whole city. It's probably over a couple million. And then I get some stats that say 4 million. And they're reach. It's like Houston, if you want to include Missouri City, Sugar Land. Depends on the area. Okay. But there's, when, a, there's a, at least 2 million. When you, go in to do, when you go in to do an event, how do you advertise? Well, when I first went, I only knew some people from a church. 
uh, was Agua Viva. And then one of these kids, a youth kid, Callie, he introduced me to someone who introduced me to someone who was president of AME, this organization, and he opened up. So really, there's people there that advertise now. Uh, and cause we talk about stepping out when I first went, I was scared. I'm like, okay, I don't know anybody. I'm just, just stepping out. Doing when are you what God's going again? When are you going again? I, I, let's see. September, October. I'm Oct- going again in October. Mm-hmm. October. Beginning of October. Beginning of October. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I just, I feel in the Holy spirit and I felt this when you just said it, that God is getting ready to, um, it's already done in the spirit, John. It's already done, but there's going to be a wide, wide, door of opportunity open up in Juarez. I mean a wide door. And there's 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 coming a, a wide door of finance uh, so that you can begin to take your ministry to a whole nother level there. And I prophesy that today, that this wide door will open. It's going to open very quickly. It will open before the end of the year. And also see a, a wide door of finance. And your finance is not only going to come from um, America, but it's going to come from Morris. There's going to be somebody there that has a lot of wealth that's going to want to pour into your ministry as well. And I just prophesy that, and I call it forth in Jesus' name. 2017 is going to be a year of great advancement for you. There's going to be dreams accomplished in 2017 that you have dreamed about since the day you got saved. Uh, it's going to be a turning point for your ministry, a turning point because the Lord said you've been very faithful to him. The Lord said you've been faithful to him. You've been faithful to him in areas that were such struggle for you. Uh, but you, you just made a decision that you would never turn back. And God is going to honor that. And 2017 is going to be a year of great joy and great reward for you. And it's going to begin, you're going to see it shaping up in 2016. But I literally see you going through 17. I see you in a convertible car with the, with the top down. You're, you're standing up with your hands in the air and you are laughing your head <laughs> off because there's so much joy. That's the picture I see of you. So much joy because of what God is doing in your life and in your ministry. And I just, I'm honored to be able to talk to you. And this thing called activation, you've lived this thing out, John. You've lived this well, thing out. I, I fully received that word, Kelly, and it makes me happy. You know, it's just what we're talking about. You know, I'm going to go on the show to give, you know, just to talk to you and try to give whatever I had, just a little piece, just maybe to help the woman that says, I'm just sitting here at home. You know, what am I? And then here I get something back from God. That's the way the kingdom works. Yes. You know, I get a word. And so just, I didn't, you don't go for that. You don't know those no. things. Peter didn't know. Jesus said, follow me, two words, Callie, and look what, look what it turned out to be. Yes. They, they, they became his disciples, and they wrote, they wrote the, the Bible, what we call the Bible, it was letters, and he just said, follow me. He didn't say, if you follow me, you will be forever a throne in heaven, even though they will. If you follow me, you're going to write writings that will go down for eternity in the Word. But they, they did. He just said, follow me, I'll make you pictures of men. So many times we want the 5,000 instructions. Yes. They said, just go to war, go to wars. And you know how I started going to wars? Was I just read an article one day in the newspaper, Callie. It was just a young girl who was 17 years old. She goes to the factory. She's maybe 19, I forget the age, very young. She's going to a factory, and she was two minutes too late for work. And they shut the doors. Now, I've been an hour late, but they shut the doors to make an example of her, and she went home. Well, they found her body two weeks later because oh she was killed. And I just kept thinking about her, Callie. I kept thinking about her destiny about her life and I said I needed and it was just God just 
you know, David Wilkerson, there was an article in Time Magazine, I believe, that started, you know, Team Challenge and going to New York. You know, it was just a, an article. And uh, so I it was just, just was beating in my heart. It was God because he, he remembered, he said, and it was so, so I go there and I speak to young people. You know, it was just two minutes. The door shut in two minutes. You know, let us not do that on our destiny, you know, thinking, no. oh, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Because then it becomes two years, five years, and then it's it. We only get one life. Yeah, so I, and I, I want to spend the rest of it. I want to spend <laughs> the rest of my life doing what God's called me to do. I don't want to, I don't want to spend are. my life doing stupid things that don't matter. And stupid then regret. Things, and then and then live in and regret. regret. No, yeah, you know, that's... That, we need to kick that friend out. He's not regret's not a friend. No, it's not. It's a terrible <laughs> way to live and it's no way for Christians to live. And you no. know what? It's like you said, it's not about just being in the fivefold ministry. We're all right. in ministry. Right. If you valuable. are saved and you have given your life to Jesus and you serve Jesus, you're in ministry. You have something to give. Maybe you go into the restaurant and you're the one that gives them the extra $15 tip right. every time they come in. And then one day they ask you to pray for them. Right. Maybe you're the mother, like John Wesley's parents, who's throwing her skirt over her head saying, Oh, God, help me not kill these kids and let me raise <laughs> right. them in a way that they'll serve you. Right. And those kids will shake a nation because you're willing to do that. I, I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about the fact that he is activating the body of Christ. Amen. I want to give everybody an opportunity. Um, first of all, tell us where we can find you. Well, if, if they want to contact me, they can t- contact me. It's Fast Forward Ministries it's under the Epicenter Church in Sugar Land, but they can just send me an email, John, J-O-H-N, at ff-m.org. Okay. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. John? Yeah, John, J-O-H-N, at ff-m.org. And then I'll respond to the emails. He's a he's an amazing preacher and uh, amazing heart. And if you uh, if you want to have someone come in and encourage your body and prophesy and, mm-hmm. and that gives accurate prophetic words and um, really knows how to to lay the word down in an amazing way, this would be the man to do it. And if you're also looking, if you're a pastor and you're looking for missionaries to support. Uh, I believe that we as the body of Christ need to be supporting missionaries. We need to be doing Mm -hmm. something for missions. We need to be giving out of our churches. We need to be tithing out of our churches. Um, I I personally believe that you can't stand there and ask people to tithe to the church if you as a church are not tithing out into Mm -hmm. people that can do nothing for you. That's how I believe. Mm -hmm. Now, you may not believe Mm -hmm. that, but try it and see what happens. It's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And so... He is an, uh, he's an amazing man of God and real good ground to be sowing your seed in. Um, we're going to break here for a song called For the Cross by Bethel, and we'll be right back to pray for you. The life you gave, your body was broke. Can your love pour out? You bled and you died for me there on the cross. You breathed your last as you were crucified. You gave it all for me. 
So excited to have John Archer with me today. We're going to take a few minutes, and I want him to tell you exactly where you can get sermons online, and then we're going to pray for you. John? Yeah, if they want, Kelly, they can go to Epicenter Life, epicenter.life. That's the name of it. It's all lowercase, E-P-I-C-E-N-T-E-R.life. And that's the churches, and they can just scroll down and hit Seismos, listen, and uh, they'll hear it from me, and they'll hear it from Pastor Easy and Lena and Allison. Just, you know, they'll hear different sermons that are just enriched and from different people. Sounds wonderful. The Epicenter, if you're in Houston, Texas, in the Sugarland area, that's a wonderful church. Those are wonderful pastors, Easy and Leland Jones. They're literally raising up world changers there. I want to encourage you to, uh, if you're looking for a church, that would be a great place to to go and get fed the Word of God. Amazing man and woman of God. And I'm so happy uh, to have John here. John, will you begin to pray that God will activate the listeners today? Yes. Father Callie and I just agree right now to everybody listening that wants to be activated. We just extend our faith to their faith, Lord. And I just thank you, Father, the story of the woman, the widow, the widow's might, God. I thank you. When all those people were given so much, she could have said, well, mine's just a little bit. I'm not going to give it. And she could have been embarrassed and shamed, but she gave what she had. Yes. And no one remembers, no one talks about the other people. They just talk about the widow's mind. It's been through, it'll be throughout eternity. Yes. Jesus, you pointed it out and you watched how people gave. It doesn't say he watched how much, he watched how. Yeah. So we give with love. We give a sacrificial. Lord, I just thank you for everyone listening, that they'll be activated in the name of Jesus. I thank you. Ideas will come. Yes. New dreams will come. The past will be washed away. I think the new thoughts that they, they pushed down before, they'll say, Lord, is there any merit to this, God? They'll take every thought to you. They'll take every thought captive that's not from you. Lord, our thoughts are not your thoughts and our ways are not your ways, but they can be if we ask, seek, and not. Yes. So, Father, I thank you that we will be activated, God, that I'll be activated more. Callie will be activated yes. more. I thank you this radio program activates people, God. It's not just, oh, that was a good message three weeks ago, a good program, but it'll change the way they think. When they turn yes. it off, they won't go, oh, we love John so much. They'll go, God, what have you placed in me that I need to give? Yes. What's the widow's mind I need to give? They won't compare themselves to others. She could have been She could have been in the corner, Callie, said, oh, you know, all these people were giving so much. They gave out of their surplus, and she just gave a widow's might. But forever and eternity will be remembered. So I thank you for every act, every person listening, that every gift will be activated. That every person listening, that every talent and gift will be activated, and it will speak up. And they'll try to shut it down, but there'll be like a fire shut up in their bones. Thank you, yes. Lord. Lord, I thank you for John. I thank you for this message. I thank you for this uh, desire in him to activate the body of Christ. I thank you for the example that he has led through his life. Not only has he is he an amazing preacher, but God, he has encouraged and served the body of Christ since a very young man. He got saved as a young man, and I honor him today. I pray for every listener listening, Father, that they will be activated. They will hear your voice and not be afraid. They'll step in to their promised land. They'll step in to what you've called them to do. That they will, they will, they will lay aside all mindsets, all all limitations, and realize that you are the God of more than enough. You are yes. the God of the supernatural. You are the God that will cause us to establish, to be established, and to accomplish great exploits in your name. I declare that there are men and women that are going to step in to whatever you've called them to do. And Father, they're going to defy odds and they're going to defy generational generational curses. They're going to be broken and they're going to step into 
to living for you, Lord, is exciting. Doing the will of God is exciting. Walking with you, Lord, is exciting. We are more than overcomers. We are conquerors. God, we are called to be like David and to face giants that people literally run from. But we stand there with a with a slingshot and five stones. And God, you get behind a stone and you cause a giant to fall. And you cause us to step into a victory. And I just declare that the men and women of God God, that are listening to us today, Father, they're going to do what you called them to do. They're going to step in. They're going to be activated. The body of Christ is arising. The body of Christ is, is, is stepping into their finest hour. We're seeing men and women and children and young people and elderly people all saying, you know what? It's time for me to do what God's yeah. called me to do. We honor you, Father. We, I thank everyone that's listening today. We've enjoyed having you. Be blessed. I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. We'll see you next week and God bless you. For the past hour, you've been listening to the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.